I would say that most all of the things that I now do and have done for the past seven years have really been a result of listening and then intentionally choosing to follow when the invitations are offered. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Our guest today is Christina Tinker. Christina is a learning and development leader, leadership coach and facilitator, and a published author, and she continues to explore and evolve herself. Her tremendous and diverse career includes traveling the U.S. and Europe, implementing corporate training programs for some of the most prestigious global organizations. She then spent more than a decade as a senior sales executive and top-performing revenue contributor in three of the most revered technology firms in the world, IBM, Oracle, and Gartner. In the last decade, Christina launched a nonprofit organization speaking to hundreds of young people, teachers, and coaches on the topic of work-life integration, mental health awareness, and the link between wellness and productivity. Her recently published book, Hope for Recovery, Stories of Healing from Eating Disorders, is now available through all major book outlets. When asked, the exceptional leaders Christina has worked with will say without hesitation that it is Christina's authentic leadership sincere interest in their business success, and courageous spirit that sets her apart from all the rest. A native Texan, Christina and her husband Jonathan, along with their three children, Alex, Andrew, and Anastasia, have lived in Virginia for the last five years. The family will be relocating to Nashville, Tennessee this summer as Christina and Jonathan tackle new professional opportunities in the healthcare industry. Christina approaches the tough but joyful tasks of marriage and motherhood with the same tenacity and fierce love she brings to her work life every day. And she is here today to help us walk through these transitions she's made in life, how she's gotten grounded and clear on her authentic self, and to share her perspective on how she's been able to find her own inner light. Let's welcome our guest, Christina Tinker. Well, hi, everybody. Today, we would like to welcome our guest, Christina Tinker, who is a woman of many talents. She is an author, a, a public speaker. She is a distinguished businesswoman. She's owned her own business as an entrepreneur. And so we're super enthusiastic to have her here today. Thank you so much for being here today, Christina. Hi, Christina. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you, Trinity. I'm excited to have this discussion. Yeah, thanks. 
Good. Yes. So you have done so many wonderful and amazing things in your life. Could you just walk us through that journey a little bit, please? And how you have come to be where you are today? Sure. Absolutely. Um, So I think it's funny. We were talking just before you started recording about the different perspectives, right? Um, For me, I would say that there's a common theme to my journey, which is hunger. And that's going to sound a little funny. And in the spirit of authenticity, my husband's actually dropping off some food to me. So thank you. (laughs) Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yes, love. (laughs) So for me, I had a very idyllic childhood. I have wonderful parents. I'm the oldest of three children. Kind of that modern day mulberry is how I describe, you know, where I lived growing up. And then um, we had a very um, challenging time in our lives. When I was a teenager, my brother was in um, a very catastrophic car accident. And there was a period of long trauma and recovery that we all went through together. And we each reacted um, in different ways and obviously dealt with that in different ways. Throughout that though, from, from the earliest days, my parents set inside of each of us, you know, a desire to both grow and to contribute that, Mm. you know, ultimately it was always about pushing yourself further, you know, making a goal and then, okay, now it's time to get to the next. So in some ways that created a bit of a performance culture that, you know, Mm. was challenging and, and led to some perfectionism type of behaviors. But I think, you know, ultimately that hunger is what's driven me um, to, to wear so many different hats. And so, as you said, you know, I started my career. That's actually how um, Shelby and I know each other in the training and development world. And so, you know, got a speech communications degree. I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to help people. That was what I knew in terms of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, one point I wanted to be a teacher and, and those kind of things, but I just knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to make a difference. And so, teaching adults when I arguably wasn't yet an adult myself, right? Because I was 22 years old. <laughs> yeah. We all thought um, we thought we were but, grown. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If only we knew now, right? Right. right. <laughs> you know, but uh, going in and learning from really, really experienced people and having that type of, of background. So anyhow, uh, you know, that really taught me that lifelong learning is possible and that it's desirable and that it's fun, right? From there, we, you'll remember this, Shelby, you know, we, we started bringing on um, technology firms as clients where we had largely been working in the oil and gas industry. And so there was lots of different things that led to me leaving, um, you know, that, that firm and, and then joining the technology industry. And that's where I really, you know, started to have this like identity as a professional corporate, you know, successful saleswoman. And I did that for almost a decade. I'm admittedly really never loved technology or sales, right? (laughs) but I was really good at it. And so that hunger theme of like, you know, be good, do the best things, make the money. Like it's easy to get caught up in that. And then I had um, a high-risk pregnancy and I delivered a set of twins and in the words of my best friend, it broke me in all the best ways possible. Wow. <laughs> so I think all of those years of driving and pushing, and I'll just be who I'm supposed to be. You know, I, the world has told me what I'm supposed to be and I, I can do it. Therefore I should do it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I had this reality of like, I, I literally truly can't do this. I cannot be all things to all people. And so I 
kind of call that my like transformation moment. I think that's where the cocoon happened was with my twins because I kind of pushed the world away. You know, I kind of was like, I don't want to be that person anymore. We sold a house that we had built up on a hill. Um, we moved across the city. I stopped wearing makeup. I bought a pair of Birkenstocks. There like, it I- is. Yeah. <laughs> All of that. You know, you did yeah. it when you got the Birkenstocks. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, I was trying to be someone else. And so, you know, I think there is where the journey began of understanding that we all have stories and, and that, you know, this, this sense of identity, who are we? Um, and that we get to decide that. I think that's where that journey began. And so that's when I began writing. That's when I began speaking about, you know, um, my experiences through the trauma of of my brother's accident. And that resulted in an eating disorder that I struggled with for many years. I talked very openly about becoming a mom, you know, and having been a career woman and how I don't care who tells you that you can have it all, but you can't. And so I think that was where a lot of that began to happen. Um, And so from there, I think that's when I allowed things to start being organic as opposed to me pushing. Mm. So how long did that take you to figure out? Like what, when did that kick oh, in for you? I would say probably about two years into trying to be this new person. Right. right. So um, I left the corporate world, obviously when I bought the Birkenstocks and yeah, right. Um, Way more comfortable, Birkenstock. So much more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And now we can do that in this world. Isn't that we great? Sure can. <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, it was not six months into it that I realized that that was not going to work. That did not fit me. Um, yeah. I was, you know, and I missed the challenge of work and I missed the challenge of contributing in the professional setting. So I started doing some consulting and some training and and, and coaching and things. So to answer your question, Trinity, I think it was probably towards the end of my first consulting contract where I was working on coaching sales team that I started to realize you didn't do this. I I didn't push. I didn't create the company. I, it wasn't my idea, right? Like someone came to me and said, will you do this? Can we work together? And so by letting that organically happen, um, and leaning into it a little bit without having all the answers and the strategic plan mapped out and, you know, I think that's when I began to, to realize, let things happen. Now I didn't stay in that space. I mean, there, you know, I've ebbed and flowed back into like, ah, I need to push again. Yeah. But I would say that most all of the things that I now do and have done for the past seven years um, have really been a result of listening and then intentionally choosing to follow when the invitations are offered. So I love that. And, and I love you saying that you are able to be more intentional about it, but I want to go back to something you just said that you still get that, ah, I need to push. What is that? What is that thing that comes up in you that says, I need to push and brings you back to that space? And is it is that the right space for you? Or is it something you need to, to retrain in yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I love that question. I think there's two versions of that voice. I think there's two versions of that voice in that moment. I think there's a version of the voice that is, okay, you leaned in, you're letting it happen. And now it's time to like show up, you know, it's time to push here, right? Like when I decided to write, um, you know, a book and and different things, okay, lean in, push, you got to make this happen, right? That I think is good. I think that's a really good space for me. I think that's where the internal motivation to contribute really shows up. And then there's the part that's like, 
okay, come on, people think that you are this person and are you really, and have you gotten too comfortable? And, you know, is life really supposed to be this happy and easy? And so I let myself talk of like, it needs to be hard start happening. And that's not a great space, right? Okay. Um, A coach that I worked with who coached me, you know, said, what is the unmet need, right? And I use that now in my coaching practice. What is the unmet need for for why you think it has to be hard? What is it? What is it that being hard means? And, And I think it's, it's about like that. I deserve it right. That I earned it, that I'm worthy of getting to do work. I love or whatever, you know, and I think as women and particularly in midlife, so many of us, we've come to that point where we are much more comfortable with who we are both physically and spiritually, but you know, we still have a lot of opportunity to compare ourselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, for some of us, there's like a checklist. And so that's a a place where that, that can come up to is like, Oh, wait a minute. Mm, you're leaning in and this all feels great, but like, there's still seven things on the checklist. Right. And, right. You know, that yeah. willingness to like tear up the list, let it go. <laughs> right. right. Yes. Right. And I guess that's, what's coming up for me is how do you let it go? How do you tear up that list? How do right. you get out of your head and lean into this organic growth? Because I think that's so hard for women like us who are pretty driven. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it's hard for us with number one, we don't really, this is very countercultural, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're a goal oriented, checklist oriented kind of culture. And number two, many of us don't have examples in our lives of, you know, someone doing this, let alone a woman doing it. Right. So I think it it can be very, very challenging. You know, for me, I think the tearing up of the list you know, I've probably never torn a list completely up, right? Like I always keep a little remnant of it so that if I needed to go back, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could something to right. cling to, yeah. right? You can just be like me, honey. I don't write lists. I don't do it. <laughs> and there's no reason I, I, I'm list free. I can sit back. It never existed. It. There you go. <laughs> I love that. That's an aspiration. Right. Hashtag goals. Trinity. <laughs> but I think when I started to understand the difference between wanting to be and contribute something versus wanting to do something. Mm. Right. So I think there was this shift of like, who do I want to be? Mm. How do I want to contribute and show up? Mm. That, that means some of these things on the list don't actually matter. Right. Like if I can show up and contribute by doing this, then that's enough. That for me was the, whoa, I actually have goosebumps. Like I have goosebumps. I I love it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think that we need to give our number one that requires us to give ourselves permission to, to let go of the list. Um, It also, it also requires us to understand and really like claim that there is more than one way to, to do whatever it is we're trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I think in midlife, you know, evolution as a woman is so incredibly rewarding and freeing and just incredible, but it's also hard. And it's also, you know, vulnerable and it's, there's many times where we, you know, have this kind of period, maybe it's weeks, maybe it's months and we feel so authentic and we feel so connected to ourselves and our purpose. And then we see someone who knew us like two years ago and we literally like, we recoil. Yes. Right. And I think that's about making others comfortable and not ourselves. I think it's about that, you know, fear of being found out right? The imposter syndrome, all those things start to get kind of 
into a snowball. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I think of it like during that time of my life, I wasn't being my authentic self. I wasn't being who I am now in midlife where I'm fully confident and aware and I have no problem just being in the room and being myself. And then I see that person from two, two years ago, five years ago, whatever experience where maybe I don't rationalize it, but I know deep down inside that I wasn't being who I am. And it brings me back that the discomfort I'm feeling is because I'm feeling compelled to move back into that space of inauthenticity, that space of where I am like if I'm going to interact with this person, hello, that I need to <laughs> yes, pull be back into. Yes. yes. And, but it's all in this head game and yes. it's not even conscious. Like my body right. is going into that auto motion. And so now being able to stop and see that, yes. allowing ourselves to reintroduce who we yes. are today to the people mm. from our past, to ourselves from our past. To our families, this, I have found in myself and I'm very, very happy in this space. Let me reintroduce myself to you. (laughs) You may have thought you've met me before, but let me reintroduce myself. I'm so Yes, new and enhanced version. Exactly, 2.0, 2.0 kids. Right, but you know, it is hard to do. and, And you know, the one thing that's really, I'm really struggling with still personally is really what is the process, I guess, that you're going through even now to even define who you are today and where you want to go and how you want to contribute. Yeah. Because I still am really struggling with that personally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so many of us do, and I mean, all the way, right. You can do a a historical study, right. The search for purpose, the search for meaning. I think, you know, that's part of the human experience. Um, for me again, like when that sort of like line in the sand where I truly tried to become another person (laughs) and realized, you know, almost too late, but thankfully not too late that I was literally having an identity crisis. Mm. (laughs) You know, I had a couple things in my life. Number one, I had a partner who unconditionally already knew who I was Mm. and was willing to let me try on different masks. And, um, you know, would carry the wig if I wanted to wear the wig that day. And was stable enough that he wasn't going through that himself. And so I think that kept some stability in terms of like the family. And I have personally a, a very active and, and um, engaged spiritual and faith life. And I, I think mm-hmm. that coming back to, okay, wait a minute, this part inside of me, this soul has actually never changed. I've always known, right? There's this knowing deep inside. I I really had to spend some time re-engaging with that part of myself and allowing, you know, and like I said, for me, that meant, I mean, I literally like put a bubble around myself. I I did not see people that I knew for a period of months, really, Shelby, um, until I really kind of got clear and I I could just visualize, okay, this is about being light. That that's Mm. that is Mm. me. That is that's it. It's about being light wherever I go, it's about being light, you know, like, and spreading hope and those things. And so as I began to understand that, that, that was what it was about, I was much more able to let things start happening because it it wasn't about a title or a job. Well, you said something I want to pick up on. It was like the authenticity, like for me, I also can recognize, and Shelby knew me in my twenties, right? Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there was an authentic part. I of wish, that. I wish I would have known Shelby in her twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
kind of would have been amazing. Yes, girl. You probably would have seen a lot more of me back in the day. I had a tendency to be a little crazy. But to that point, so you know, so did I, right? And and but I mean, for me, that really was who I was at 24, 25. I I was I was loud and and out there and unafraid and and mm-hmm. you know and inexperienced and so i think there was a level of authenticity there mm-hmm. right but attaching myself to like needing to still be that you know i just started like picturing well okay do i need to be seven again no of course not right, right. like i think we our physical body stops growing and so we sort of think we're supposed to stop growing and that's not how life works yeah. so you know that, that was something I just want to kind of comment there. No, I love that because it it's so true. And, and, and I actually had this conversation with one of my coworkers today, cause you know, I'm, I'm about that dating life right now. Right. So <laughs> of course I'm in the whole dating world and like, I'm, I'm going to be going on this exciting date, which I'm not going to talk about here yet. It's not emotionally prepared to do so. Um, and I'm like preparing and I'm so excited. And I was talking to him and I was like, I was like, so here's what I need to do to prepare for this date and blah, 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 blah. I was like, you know, just like a good 17 year old girl would do. And, you know, <laughs> so I felt like I was in that space. And as we started talking about it, I had this moment, this like absolute total revelation that I actually was somewhere deep inside speaking to my 17 year old girl. Cause that was the really was the last time that I was in the dating world. Mm, And I had gone through this 10 year period that started at age 17, where I had gotten very, very heavy into religion and it was not healthy. So unhealthy. I didn't have a boyfriend or anything through that time because me and Jesus, Jesus was my boo. He's my boo thing. (laughs) Right. And then, and then I, and then I escaped by moonlight from this church in the middle of the night with my best friend's truck. Oh God, this sounds like, (laughs) yes, this is what happened. I, I am not lying at the age of 27, 10 years later. And Two months later, met the man that I ended up marrying and we were together for 20 years and he was also very controlling and restrictive. So it's like, yeah, really the last time I was free was 17. Right. And as, right. as me and my coworker were talking through this today, I was just was like, oh my God, you know, so this whole rediscovering of who we are, there are spaces where we can have have uh, sticking points where we get stuck emotionally yeah. Yeah. based off yes. of trauma or experience or lack of experience. And we stay there. Mm. And this was a big yes. moment because now I have to get my 50 year old self to get ready for the state and not my 17 year old self to get ready for the state. And yes. there's, it's, you know, I'm figuring it all out, but that was so not the question I was going to ask you. <laughs> so that's a free, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you talked about your, your premise of, of being light, wherever you go, you want to be light. Right. And the first thing that came to mind is, cause I, I see Shelby and I also kind of similar in that, you know, we, we really work hard to kind of be the joy, be the light, be the ball. Um, but yeah. to do that, you have to feed yourself first. You have to be able to feed lights yes. into you first in order to have the light to provide to others. And yes. this is for me, I'll speak for myself solely. This is where I fall down on the job, fall down, right. fall down, fall down. I will go right. into the hidey hole cave and work, 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 
the hunger, the driven, the I have to be and, and check the list that is not a list, but I just have to be better than everyone and everything around me. And then I'm exhausted right. and then I want to go be the light. And yet I'm not even being a light unto myself. So I have nothing to give. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. do you deal with that? How do you ensure that you are feeding yourself enough yep. to be able to have some light to give to others? Yeah. I think that is probably one of the most important questions every woman needs to ask herself, certainly in midlife and in the stage that we're all in, but also, you know, there there's different periods where you struggle with this more than others. And I think that I, I talk about this um, in the context of some of my work with fearless storytelling is like, I call it the cycle of abundance, right? And so, you know, if we want to be abundant thinkers, we want to be able to offer light, you know, yes, we have to receive. Um, but for me, how do I do it? I stopped looking for that in external sources. And what I mean by that is what I used to do is go make myself busy. So, okay, well, I should go over here and be in this networking group and and I'll learn something from that group and I'll be able to contribute and I'll go over here and I'll volunteer and do this. And, and what it was really about was like trying to talk myself into believing that that was what was going to feed me. When in reality, what that was doing was allowing me to stay where, what, where, you know, my, um, script, be busy, always be doing, you know, again, I talked about how much I love my parents and how wonderful they are, but I mean, they're in their seventies and they'll be doing projects at nine o'clock at night, like, you know, out on the tractor, right? Like that is how I was raised. And so for me, I learned how to give myself light by being still. Mm. I learned that the only way I was able to, to truly get what I needed you know, in terms of the light for me was to be still because the light already lives inside of us. Right. And so I wasn't allowing myself to be connected to that. And so taking time to do that, which meant, you know, I had to make choices about my work environment, make choices about my social life, make, you know, and I I can look now and even, you know, COVID aside, I have cut out so many things in my life that I would have 10 years ago, no way would I have ever thought that I would tell you I wouldn't be doing those things. Mm. But when I got really clear on number one, what was that providing, you know, in terms of like mission and goal and, and being light. And number two, if I wasn't able to contribute fully, then, you know, what, what was it about? And so I think learning how to say no to the things that I was supposed to say no to mm-hmm. and recognizing that. And, you know, for me, Trinity, a lot of that was about performance. A yeah. lot of it was about being perceived. Well, how could you not be? We have this really active, like, you know, networking group where we have speakers and stuff here in town. And I was very involved in the beginning. And then I started to realize I'm not serving them and, and it's no longer serving me. Hmm. It doesn't mean we're breaking up negatively and that it, there was never any value to begin with. There was value let that be what it was and now move forward. Right. Like, so for me, that was, it was really about learning to be still, I think as women stillness is not cultivated. Never. No, Um, I think that number two, right. When we are still, if we can finally find a space to be there, oftentimes that means we go to our head where we have tons and tons of reels of negative self-talk. Yes. Yes. And so judgments then, right. 
And then the moment we begin to feel any sense of like peace and serenity and connection, we are lazy. <laughs> exactly. Someone walks in the room and you, we, we jump up like, oh, I'm not sleeping. I'm not, I'm not sitting here. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I had to listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books about, you know, and, and for a while it wasn't, it wasn't internalized. I, I was, I would say things and I would create mantras that I knew I wanted to believe before I was able to believe that, wow. right? Like there is value in stillness. There mm-hmm. is value in rest, you know, those kind of things. And, and it took a while to actually internalize that. But I think, and it, you know, I think back to that kind of identity thing that we were talking about earlier, for me, again, I, I don't like the whole like fake it till you make it. I think there's like just negative connotations with that. I do like, you know, speak in terms of what you want to be, right? You don't right. have to attach yourself to some form of the past. So that's probably some of the ways. And then, like I said, I mean, you know, man, nature is a big source of light for me, traveling, being able to, to learn because that's really my passion and, and you right. know, my profession um, too. I decided to go back to graduate school two years ago. Good for you. And I would say that was probably one of the biggest times I have ever consciously decided to feed myself. I had been so hungry to do something that felt challenging and overwhelming in the best ways possible that just stretched me and and helped me grow. And really we relocated for my husband's job. You know, I had these young children and and so I wasn't doing that. And when I decided to do that, six months before COVID started. Right. You know, but that, wow. Like being able to make that choice. I mean, that was amazing. And then seeing it through in the midst of like every possible challenge and obstacle I had the out card in surplus. There was anybody would have understood why I would have quit the, right. and not sure. done it. Right not seen it through. And so seeing that through and doing that and literally for myself, you know, that was a big source of accepting the gift of abundance. I love that. I do too. And it's the gift of abundance, the gift of abundance. And I think it is so hard for us women. I feel, and I might've said this before, but that we just pour into everyone all the time and we really have a hard time taking time for ourselves. I, you said something about finding that space to be quiet. And I was like, girl, I got no place to be quiet. You know, I, I have kids. I like am sitting in my bedroom. I've had to relocate four times because I've got kids yes. in one room, kids in the other room. And I feel like there is no space, yes. but I'm so proud of you for finding that really that inner quiet is what it's really all about. And so now what I'm yeah. curious to know is what is that inner quiet you know, guiding you toward next Ooh, in the yes. theme of hunger. Like where are you, what are you hungry where for? Where are you now? going next? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, I, I mean, I have, I feel like I have to put in the uh, disclaimer, you know, there are certainly periods where I am still right. <laughs> not able to like get there. And, Woman, and, but you know, you what's are great a mama. Is, like, <laughs> yeah. But, We're all... but I think what's great is now that's like, it, it used to take weeks for me to recognize that. And then like the, mm. you know, the, the outburst would happen. Now it's like a matter of days and sometimes just hours. Right. And you're Love okay. It. Wait a minute. I mean, my kids probably think that I have some sort of insane obsession with baths because that's now my quiet place. I, I mean, I take like two baths, three Mom's baths a day. Bath, kids. <laughs> Very clean. Why is mommy so dirty all the time? <laughs> Mom, I've been working hard outside. 
is. And I mean, you know, and, and I can laugh about it, but I'll tell you something else. I mean, I can't be like, I can't multitask in the bath. Right. Like, uh, so, yes. 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 That's a great point. No yeah. laptop in the bathtub. <laughs> no, you know, exactly. so, but so, yeah. So the hunger of, um, the couple of things that ha- and where I'm going next. So I, I am in the process of writing, um, my book after, Oh my gosh, two and a half, three years of interviewing these incredible women leaders from all around um, the country and even world at all different levels. And so that has been a more difficult process than I thought it would be going into it for lots of reasons, a lot of which are the tiny feet that are all over this house all the time. (laughs) But I I have now it's come to the point that it's like, okay, the stories are ready. It's, it's getting there. And and I have that, like I was saying earlier, now I have that voice of like, all right, it's time. Like, what are you going to name the book? Oh gosh. So there's, there's a couple different names out. I'm kind of hesitant to put, um, to put anything in particular out, but it, it, more than likely it will have, it will be something along the lines of um, fearless stories, something, something to that, you know? Um, and then, you know, I, this period of entrepreneurship, as you mentioned, I, I, you know, have done several different entrepreneurial um, things over the past seven years. And, I love that. I love getting to do my one-on-one coaching and well, you know, I, I hope I'll always do that, but I also love being part of a team. And yes. I think in particular this last year and a half of isolation has not made me feel like I'm contributing uh, as much as, as I can. And so um, I have an awesome opportunity to go and be part of that, a team that, that provides leadership development education for um, medical professionals, doctors and nurses and, um, you know, frontline people. That one are, of the hungriest uh, populations right, right yes. now. Yes. They and those depleted, right? Be because everybody has, I, again, you know, poured so much of who they are into other people. What a yeah. great opportunity for you to give them you know, give them something back the light. Yeah, to feed. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, and go be part of a team, you know, through this incredible interview process um, over the last few months. It just, I literally feel like everyone I have met is light. It's, I, I'm, oh, in fact, part of me is like, I need to wear sunglasses on my first day. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You know, and so I'm, I'm excited to be um, doing that from a getting back into that corporate kind of um, opportunity with that particular team is just going to be really awesome. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, other than that, I think that I got a almost high schooler. Um, we're going to be relocating from Virginia to Tennessee. And oh, wow. that's exciting. Months. And so, yeah. So I think, you know, whatever else um, part of me had that I have for from a physical strength perspective is probably going to be spent um, helping to make those transitions. So pretty exciting, pretty exciting. And having more and more conversations like this, you know, it's it's interesting. I have actually had three different people reach out to me to talk about the cycle of abundance, you know, similar kind of things, but, but one in particular from an eating disorder perspective, from mental health perspectives, you know, things that as women, we oftentimes are handling in trying to carry it and shoulder it and deal with it on our own. And gosh, we, we can't, I mean, we're not born to be alone, number one, right? Right. Like that's total, totally not what the point of, of being alive is. And But number two, I think for us as women, so many of us don't live near our families, you know, mm-hmm. our extended families. We 
don't have the flexibility in terms of like just tons of leisure time, right. To, to yeah. be able to take some downtime and we've got to find these communities. Um, and now technology is allowing us to do that. You know, I don't think that this can always replace that physical connection, but if but you can helps. get on once a month and have an hour and a half yeah. minded women yes. and everybody gets fed, right? Like I joked, was like, look, when you see the, um, what do they call this? The grid view? Like right. everybody's getting fed at the same time. Yes. <laughs> you know? Love it. Yes. yes. And you that's know. what we're working to create is a place where we can have that community for yes. women, women yes. who are in midlife or not all of our struggles or successes are all of the same. We don't look the same, sound the same. Our experiences are vastly different, but at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Yep. Yes. And that is love and friendship, Absolutely. care of our families yes. and to be happy and enjoy yes. this life that we have. We start getting to this age and we start to see our mortality, you know, and, and it's like, I need to enjoy each moment and, yes. and stop letting the moments pass me by. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and playing, you know, like learning to play again has been something that is, uh, you know, I'm not good at it. I like, I like hard work. Right. And so, right. you know, to your point, just sort of getting back in touch with those parts of us that just know what feels good and feels right. Yeah. If we can be still it is like so intuitive to know what actually feels good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do. I think, I think in some ways you gotta get, there's gotta be somewhere that you can go and just sort of like shut it down for a little while. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking of Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you've read her book untamed, but it oh, just yeah. really, really spoke to me. And I think she used to talk about like sinking into herself, like in her closet or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just finding that space to be like, go inside of yourself. That's such an amazing concept. Yes. Yeah. And even though technology is enabling so much, you know, great, good things, it also is allowing us to stay constantly stimulated. And so like, just from like a purely, you know, neurological standpoint, I would say, you know, we also <laughs> need to all recognize that like, turn off the phone. I've, I've started having some trouble sleeping over the last week. And I, you know, what? I've been like looking at my phone at 10 o'clock at night. No, yeah. not, yeah. turn it off. Can't I have time to actually just sleep? (laughs) Right. So all of those things, I think what I have learned from other women who have either, you know, are transitioning out of their midlife years and are are kind of in that um, golden years. I have a lot of friends that are 20, 25 years older than me that I look to for inspiration. Um, And then women that are right here in the thick of it with us. You know, I think that the things that I have seen that I really treasure is that part of them that has learned to play again, mm-hmm. the part of them that is truly freely available to others in a way that still respects their boundaries. So I think that's, what's really hard about vulnerability and like connection is that sometimes that causes us to be too open and we end up, you know, and, um, the other thing I would say is the letting go of judgment of our you know, those past versions of ourself, uh, who we're trying to be and, and all those things that the women that I really, especially through my interviews, you know, that I really admire, they found a way, um, to assign value to every single, you know, stage or version of themselves 
in a way that is authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a naive way where they're like, you know, discounting any negative, but it's, it's more like choosing to see the good and then moving forward. Yeah. And choosing to learn from the negative and allowing yourself to just look in the mirror and say, oops, and that's okay. And that's good enough. Right. And, and yes. be able to yes. take the lessons from it and keep, keep pushing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I'm trying to do is let go of some um, clothes in my closet that I literally uh, had since, um, probably my early twenties. Right. And so talk about wow. holding like, older versions of yourself. <laughs> right. But I, I, I had that revelation of like, Hey, when I was preparing to talk to you guys, like, is it really important that I can still button these pants? Does it make any difference in my right. ability to shine light yeah. on a phone call tonight? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, I think that there's, we have personal clutter in our lives and then we have, you know, physical clutter too. And I have friends that actually have really gone through the process of decluttering their life, both, you know, mentally and physically, and they have just transformed their lives by doing that. Yeah. You know, we yeah. um, actually spoke to an image consultant in one of our interviews. So as soon as uh, our podcast drops, I'll point you to her interview because she gave some really helpful tips on how to evaluate, um, you know, yes. your personal image and how you show up just physically as a person right. and how you right. really, um, you know, can let go of some of the things that don't bring you joy, some of the things that don't fit you any longer, some of the things that aren't in a great yes. color. So she had yes. some really good tips for that. Oh, I love that. I'll look forward to hearing that. But Christina, you have just been transformative. And I think our audience will take so much away from what you've had to say. Yes. Thank you for sharing your light with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys. My cup has been filled too. I love what you're doing. Um, I look forward to more conversations and connections and thank you for, you know, creating this space for women like us. We need it. Absolutely. We do. All right. We'll talk again soon. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Let's thank our guest today, Christina Tinker, who's been able to share with us some tremendous value and insights on how to find your authentic self. Let's take a look at some of the tips that she shared with us today. Number one, lifelong learning is possible. It's desirable and it's fun. Number two, get quiet, listen, and intentionally follow when the invitations are offered. Number three, Discover what is the unmet need for why you think that life needs to be so hard. Number four, find like-minded women in communities. Number five, learn to be still so that you can reflect on what feels good and authentic to you. And number six, learn to play again. Thank you so much to Christina for her time and wisdom today. We really appreciate you, Christina. Thank you.